president of the priesthood motorcycle group, and we had, uh, I don't know, seven or eight of those guys with us yesterday. And uh, it, it was just a good time of getting together. But Garland pastors a church in Claremore, uh, excuse me, Tahlequah, New Life Fellowship. He's also part of, and I met him through the Heartland Apostolic Prayer Network, and he is now the leader of the Oklahoma division of that, the uh, OAPN division. See, he is. And he's even bigger. He's even bigger with God. And I, and I got to recommend him for that job. So, so come on, let's bless the Lord and welcome Garland. I, I'm praying he'll forgive me for recommending him for that. Yeah, I've been mad at him ever since. Yeah. Hey, can we move this down here? I don't want to go up there. Can I pull that down there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I like to go down where the people are. Because God's down here. I won't be down here with him. Yeah. Of course, he's up there, too. He's everywhere. I was reminded of uh, when... Uh, This is a funny thing, but uh, I was reminded when Rob came up here and, and said, I don't know if I have anything to say. My first church I pastored when I got out of college uh, was a country church uh, in southern Ohio. And these people were, it, it had some good people, and then it had some strange people in it. And there was these two brothers that had never been married and they were probably in their 70s, and I'm just a young buck out of college, right? And they would come, and their name was, uh, the, the older brother's name was Elmer. You can kind of think of Elmer Fudd, maybe like that. And, uh, and then uh, his other uh, brother's name was Charles. And Charles was real, real backward and quiet, and if you went up to him, he would start backing off. He's like, he did, you know, very, very shy. Been that way all their life, you know. And uh, so in the old traditional church, we always had testimony times, especially on Wednesday night. And so uh, we would, people would be given testimonies. And uh, uh, Elmer would always do this to Charles. We're testifying, and he would stand up, and say, Charles has got a testimony. <laughs> now, you re remember how backward this guy is, right? And he would stand up, and I, I'll never forget this. We would just laugh, but we couldn't help ourselves. So he would stand up, both hands on the back of the pew, his head hanging down, he'd say, <laughs> and sit back down. I never heard him say a clear word <laughs> all the time I was there. <laughs> And he would just mumble and sit back down. But, you know, the way I look at it is somewhere in his heart, I think maybe he was saying something to the Lord. But he, and, and so it never failed. If you're going to have testimony service, Elmer's going to call on his brother. <laughs> so when they call on you, you do it good. You do, yeah. Yeah. I could actually understand you. Yeah. <laughs> It's all right. Praise God. It's good, right? Amen. 
Well, I'm going to do a little bit of a kind of a teaching mode for a little bit, and then we're going to go into prayer time and ministry. So uh, just kind of walk with me through this. Uh, I really believe that we've moved into, and we've been in it in a while, but I think it's even more important now that we learn to look at life situations and not just pray about it, but take authority over it. And so for many, many years, I grew up in a church as they prayed, but they never really had a lot of authority in that. I can remember, you know, my, my, my dad was a pastor, and he'd get all cranked up, and his nickname was Shouting Thomas, so he made a lot of noise. And uh, But anyway, but, you know, he'd go after the devil, you know, and spit in his eye and just, I mean, just run and rant and rave against the enemy. I mean, he's just like... <laughs> He was going after him, but that was an unusual thing. Not very many people ever faced the devil down, you know, or spoke back to him or really took any authority. But I was raised under that type of atmosphere, and somewhere in past years, not too far back, people began to get a hold of a statement, and it was a statement that it was time we started decreeing what God was going to do. That's an authority statement, the decree, right? And so I want to talk about that for a little bit. Revelation 1-6 makes a statement, and I'm breaking right into it. I'm not reading everything. But it says there that he has made us kings and priests to our God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Well, I think what happened for many years in the church, we, uh, we did really well at the priestly part. We took our petitions to the Lord. We carried people to the Lord. People gave us needs or we saw needs, and we still do that. By the way, don't, we don't quit doing that. Don't misunderstand me. We don't quit doing that, but God has brought us into an arena in the spirit realm where we have added the rest of the story. We are now walking on the earth, not just as priests, we're walking as kings. And this is very important for us to get this, because as we walk as kings, what do kings do? Kings have a kingdom that they oversee. God said, I've given you stewardship over the earth, right? So we have something we watch over, something we have been given stewardship over. And so we have authority, and I could teach tons of scriptures on that authority thing, but I won't spend all that time. I think you guys know that here. So, but kings decree things, and when they decree things, it becomes law, yes. right? That's always been true. Read about it. It's, it's written in the stories in the Bible. Unless God decides to move in and say, well, I'm going to, X that law out, and I'm going to make my law come over that. Well, that's what we get to do. So if something happens on the earth that's against what God wants done, I believe we can look at that, not only pray about it and take it to the throne room, but we can make decrees that God will put in our spirit as kings on the earth, kings and priests unto our God, and we can cause some natural laws even that they have passed to be broken or overcame 
because we decree what the Bible says. We decree what the Word says, okay? So we know this, but I'm going to go through a, a couple of things real quick, kind of a little teaching time. We know that God's Word is amazing. We know it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We know that. And you know that scripture, that's Hebrews 4.12. And so as we know that, what we want to do is we want to decree what God is saying. I don't want to just decree what my mind thinks. I want to decree what God says. And I know I have the mind of Christ. So I know that my mind works many times, I mean, straight in line with the word of God. And so things come out of my mouth that the mind of Christ has released in me, and the Spirit of God bears witness to that. But it's not just a mind thing. It's a spirit thing. And the Word of God in Isaiah 55, 1, you can write that scripture down. You know these. They're very familiar, but I'm building a case. It says the Word never returns void, and it will accomplish that thing it was sent for. So when I decree things from the word of God, I believe God immediately gets into that story and he begins to cause things to happen and causes things to change. Because if I do that, guess what? We know without a doubt that as his word goes out of our mouth, and by the way, I don't think we release enough of his word out of our mouth, but as it goes out of our mouth, it begins to be touched by the Spirit of God himself, and it begins to go forth and accomplish that thing that God said it would, and it will not return void. It will come back carrying with it what we ask because it says it would prosper in the thing I sent it to do. Is that not right? So God's Word is eternally true. It never expires. It never fades away because God said in Isaiah 48, 40 verse 8 that, you know, the grass, the field, and all this stuff, the flowers are going to fade away. But the Word of God does what? It remains forever. Isn't that awesome? So if that be true, then when I release God's Word, I'm releasing an eternal truth that will go into that story, into that situation, and cause change to begin to take place. And all of us have things we want to see changed. Is that not right? Things I want to see better. I want to see more of God in that story. Or I want to see the devil removed from that story and the demon power broken. Well, I need to decree into that, not just pray over it. I need to make some definite statements out of God's Word that will change the story. So... His word is full of promises for all of us, and we can decree. So when we decree God's word in faith, it will establish his truth in our lives and in our family's lives, in our children's lives, in our church, in our schools, in our nation. You know, there was a day when uh, I pastored a church. Actually, I pastored for 14 years, and ended up in northern Ohio, and they used to ask me to come to the high school and teach on Christian marriage. Can you imagine them letting them do that nowadays? So 
you know, those things have went way downhill. But do we let it all go away or do we fight for it? We fight for it. We make decrees. We do things. Um, and, you know, the school system's in a mess, and I don't want to get off on that, but you can pray over it and decree things into your school system. Amen? So Job twenty-two twenty-eight makes a statement. And this is familiar to all of us who run in these circles, I think. It says, you shall also decide and decree a thing. You will. Everybody say, I will. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it will be established. Everybody say, it will be. I believe what the Word says, that if I decree and declare something that's based on God's Word, then I know that's going to be established. And when God causes that decree to come up inside of me, I'm going to let it out. And then I'm going to stand on that in faith and watch it come to pass. So maybe sometimes when you give that first decree, you need to continue to back that up with faith and with prayer and continue to decree. Amen. So when the enemy comes after you, say, now wait a minute, buddy. I've already decreed this. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't stop it. Hallelujah. And just talk back to the devil. Hallelujah. Like I said, I grew up around a man who talked back to the devil all the time. And it was good. Hallelujah. So it says it shall be established for you and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your way. Now that's a good result, isn't it? So if I decree a thing, it's going to be established and God's going to say, I like it when Rob says stuff. I like it when he decrees something. And I'm going to let my favor just fall on him and shine on his pathway. Amen? Amen. So God does things that sometimes we don't even realize. I believe that when we decree things, angels are released to perform his word. That's what the Bible says. Psalm 103.20 makes this statement. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word heeding the voice of his word. So when I decree the word, I believe there are thousands, if not millions, of angels waiting for somebody to say something. Yeah. Amen. Waiting on somebody to do something, say something, so they can get involved and partner with us and cause a greater thing to be released. Yeah. They're waiting, they're watching and when I decree, I believe there are assignments that those angels have, and it's like, boom, there you are. Hook up to that decree and begin to move into that story. Hallelujah. You know, when you read the Bible, there were many cases where angels were evidently involved. Well, I think they want to be involved today. I believe they are. Amen? So... I put a note here. The reason I know it's a note because I wrote note in my <laughs> notes. If there is a truth we see in God's word that is not yet fully manifested in our lives, here's what we're going to do. We're going to decree that that truth, and we're going to decree it with expectation that it'll begin to come forth in my life. So if you have areas in your life that you say, I'd like to do this better, 
Rob is going to decree. I'd like to be more comfortable coming up front. <laughs> no, you're doing good. The Spirit of God is on you. And so, you know, whatever it is you may be going through or something you have, when you realize that and you see the truth of that thing in God's Word that He wants in your life, begin to decree over yourself. You know, it's not just about out there. It's in here, too. I want this right. Amen? So when we decree that with expectation, it begins to happen in my life. This morning when I was up praying, I made some decrees. And I said, I know and I decree the Holy Spirit will be on me today. I decree that today when I get up to speak, the anointed one that lives inside of me, his anointing is going to come upon me. And that anointing is going to break yokes, destroy evil and darkness, and bring light. You see, you can decree things over yourself, and it'll cause you to, it'll cause that little generator inside of you to crank up and start putting out some power. You know, the Holy Spirit will start turning and burning inside of you. And I believe we can go to Romans 4.17 where it says, that we can call things that are not as if they were. That's the kind of decree you want. You look at something, it's not happening, it's not there, but you say, I need that to happen. I need the finances to buy me a new car. We had a lady in our church, this just happened last week. Her car broke down. And the transmission's going out of it. She's a single lady. I don't know, about 65 maybe. And uh, what it cost to fix the car was more than what the car was worth. And so I had a word rise up inside of me, and I said, you're supposed to take that car in and trade it in, and God's going to give you a whale of a deal. And so we began to pray, and for, I don't know, three or four days, I couldn't get off of that thing. And I even called her up, and I said, when you get this car, we want to pay the tag and the tax and everything on it. We want to help you out. And so just go find it. I don't know. you got some man that can help you. I don't have time to run around and do all that. But I think somebody ought to help the ladies who are out there by themselves. She said, well, my sister passed away, but I have a brother-in-law that's, car salesman in Muskogee I said then I think you're supposed to go over there so I didn't hear any more of it while I was up here I got a text a picture of a car and she said look what God has done it's a it's a uh, a Kia I think Kia dealership and she got a 2021 Kia it had some miles on it, but not very many. And she's so excited, small car, super gas mileage. And I just felt like God answered that decree and that prayer and those things that we carried for her. You see, that's what she can do. Look into that and decree she's got a car. I began to say that over her, and every time it come up in my spirit, God, you're going to give her a car, not one that's wore out, not one that has 900,000 miles on it, but this car will probably last her the rest of her life. God is good. Amen. So he's going to do it. Call those things which don't exist as if they did.
Hallelujah. Now, here's the thought. I didn't always understand this. So I'm going to read this out of my notes so I don't mess it up. Because sometimes when you're, you know, accumulating thoughts and ideas, I want to make sure they're clear. So as you make decrees and declare blessings in faith, you do this. You create a framework in the spirit that heaven will pour into. Can you get this? So let's look at it like I make a decree, and this is the framework right here. So I'm making a decree. I'm, I'm speaking it out of my mouth. I'm using the word of God. God is paying attention. I create a framework in the spirit that heaven will pour into. Can you see this happening? That heaven will pour into bringing forth greater and greater manifestation of God's supply, His help, His need, His healing, His truth, His promises. Because what we do when we make decrees, we really co-labor with God. Because God started in the beginning by saying this, let there be, let there be. Let there be. God decreed the world into existence. And so when I decree, I believe I am tying in with God, co-laboring, building a framework so he can say, wow, he's probably pecking Jesus on the shoulder. Can you believe what Garland's doing down there? He's got something one more time. He's got a hold of something, and we got to do something. Because when he speaks, we've got to do something. So we're going to pour into that framework he built with his mouth when he decreed something. Absolutely. And there's a place now that God can impart something into that story. On the earth. Everybody say, on the earth. On the earth. And we've been taught this, Jesus taught this, that we are to pray for it to be on the earth as it is in heaven. Well, take it a little farther and begin to decree what you want on the earth and bring it down from heaven. Amen. Just begin to decree it. Watch God fill up the framework and pour out. Amen. Well, hallelujah. So, I wrote a question in here. What do I decree over? Everybody say this after me. Everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, anything? Yeah, anything. Everything. Whatever pertains to you. You're going to get up in the morning and go to work. And I don't think any Christian should ever have Monday morning blues. I think every Christian should get up on Monday, and here's a way to set your week. You make decrees when you start off. Today is the first day of the week, right? So really, Monday is the second day of the week, even though the world is made like, oh, my God, it's Monday. No, here's what you're going to say. I'm so glad, God, that it's Monday because I get to go out of the church. I get to take what I got here today, and I get to go out there, and I decree that I'm going to take who I am and what I am, and I'm going to do something out there with it, and I'm going to make a difference, and I'm going to release whatever you want me to release. God, I'm just going to be yours today. And then you go into work with expectation. And God's got something going on through you. Amen. A little while back, 
it's only been i don't know two or three weeks uh kenneth copeland put a statement out it was a decree about 2022 and i don't know if you've seen it or not but he said it's the year of correction direction protection you guys see that and perfection he said in my spirit soul and body and in my church in my finances in my health in my government in my nation you see what he was doing in a short few sentences he decreed over a whole bunch of stuff and so i did that our church repeated that and we decreed it the other day because i want god and all that stuff right and you know james 4 2 we quote this you have not because you ask not Well, I know a lot of people that are praying, but for some reason or other, it doesn't seem to be happening. Maybe it's because they need to add that part of authority and take dominion and rule over things that God gave us and begin to decree. And I don't want to twist the scripture around, but maybe you could say it. You have not because you decree not. You're only begging me. You're only begging me. Guys, we are not beggars. God wants to answer your prayer more than you want it answered. And he is way better at answering than we are trying to figure out the answer. So what I like to do is pray, and then I begin to decree that that answer is there. I begin to speak it out of my mouth. I begin to say, this is happening. I know, God, you're doing this. I've asked you for this. I'm not going to beg you and whine and cry and say, oh, my God, why isn't this happening? God must not love me anymore. I used to be in a church that a lot of people prayed that way. Aren't you glad that's not here? Yes, you're right. They thought they were being humble, whining like babies. But guess what? Let your petitions be made known unto God. And stand on that faith, and every time that prayer need pops up, you say, I decree right now that answer's on the way. I decree right now that thing's coming into my hand. I decree right now my car is going to be parked in my driveway. You know what I mean? Whatever it is you're dealing with, and watch it happen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to watch it happen. First John five fourteen and fifteen, you know this these verses, but it's it's the teaching where it says we have this confidence and we have great boldness. Why? Because if we ask anything agreeable to his will, he will hear us. And then we know then that we have what we ask for. That's what that says. So if I know that and I ask according to his will, then I ask myself the question, what is his will? All of his word is his will. And anything you need, you can find the answer to it in his word. And so when I ask according to his will, I knew it was God's will to give this woman a car. Because God said, I'll do what? I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So I know it's his will to give her a car. 
So then once I asked for that with her, and other people were praying, I wasn't the only one, but I'm just talking about how it worked out for me. Then I know I'm praying according to God's will. I begin to decree she's going to get a good car. She's going to get a new car. She's going to get a car that's just made for her. Now, she's on a limited budget, and I haven't had a chance to talk to her yet because she just texted me a picture. But I did give her some advice. She said, I can make a car payment, but only this much. Then I said, we will decree that it'll be under that amount, not over it. And then, then they will give you whatever, because used cars are worth a lot even if they got problems nowadays. So take, take that and get money out of that. I don't care if the transmission's slipping or whatever. So it's her brother-in-law, she tells him, they give her money for that. And God meets the need. Very well, he meets the need. Not some old beater, but a car that's going to last her. Guys, I don't know if you do this, but I do this. Because I can remember a time when I drove beaters. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever had that experience or not, but when I was in college and I'd got out of the army and and really didn't have hardly any finances established at all, and when I went to college, I was married and had three children, and so we were on a really tight budget. And I had a '63 Ford Falcon. Now some of you don't even know what that is, but I had that old Falcon, and. We rebuilt the motor in it because I like to do stuff with my hands. And we uh, went to college, uh, and I found an old Ford van that I got for a work van because I, I was running or started a painting contracting business while I was there. And I would go to the junkyards and buy tars because I couldn't afford to buy a new tar. But you know what God would do? I'd go to the junkyard. And I'd get these tires, and I'd go over there, and I'd say, hey, you got a car's wreck, got good tires on it, and it never failed. I'd buy these almost brand-new tires for my car, you know, and that's how I made it. But you know what happened? God began to come and bless me so much that when I graduated from college, my college bill was paid in full, and I was driving a new car. That's four years of progress from beater to there no no not when you just stay lined up with the lord and you see the challenge for me was was to step out in faith with my family and once i hit that stride of faith god began to answer everything don't lose sight that's thank you that is awesome so faith in god his word prayers decree Things are going to happen. Amen? So, I want you guys to say a couple things after me. Actually, stand on your feet. We're going to do a few decrees, and then we're going to pray and do ministry. So, I just want to do a little teaching to get that decree thing released. And I hope that maybe makes it a little clear, or maybe muddied the waters. If it did, 
It'll clear up later. Be all right. So say this after me. It's my time. It's my time to prosper. It's my time to be healed. It's my time for all my needs to be met. I am decreeing all these things according to the word. God has everything I need. And I decree today I'm going to get everything I need. Now sit down. I'm going to decree something over you and then we're going to pray. So y'all get ready to come up. If you have a need um, of any kind, I'm going to give some decrees about healing. But when I speak of healing, I'm speaking of mind, will, and emotion. I'm talking about your spirit, your soul, your body. Anything that's out of line in your life, God wants to heal it. You see, God is a God of peace, of shalom. Shalom means nothing broken, nothing missing. If you got anything broken or missing in your life today, God wants to heal it. The other meaning of shalom is this, that when you walk in that peace of God, God gives you authority over chaos in your life. So any place the devil's been messing with you, let's get that removed. But let's listen to this. So here it is. Remember, decrees come out of your mouth. I decree the words I'm about to speak are live and powerful and quickened by Holy Spirit and activated by the truth of God. And I now speak this over all of us. I decree that it is God's will to heal me. You say that after me. Let's do it. Let's just stand up. You just repeat these after me. Why not? They're short, and you can remember it. So say this. I decree, I decree that it's God's will to heal me. I decree that God is Jehovah. Jehovah Rapha, my healer. I decree that Jesus is willing to heal me. I decree that Jesus wants to heal me. I decree that Jesus wants to meet all my needs. I decree that Jesus purchased all this on the cross. I decree that by his stripes I'm healed. By his stripes I'm healed and delivered. I decree that Jesus took all my infirmities, bore all my sicknesses, took all my diseases. I decree that the spirit of sickness and infirmity cannot work in my body. I decree that there's no sickness or disease that he cannot heal. I decree that a miraculous healing is moving in my body right now. Right now. I decree that I do what Jesus said I could do. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. I decree that I walk in divine health and healing the rest of my days. I decree that my body is coming back into its original intent to work perfectly the way God intended it to work. We're going to pray that in just a minute over people. I decree that my faith 
is strong for my healing and for all the healing I pray for. I decree that I'm walking in healing glory. I decree that I'm a carrier of healing glory. I decree that everywhere I go, healing glory is released. I decree that the healing revival prophesied by Smith Wigglesworth is here now and presently working in my body, in my church, and in my territory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you can be seated just for a moment. You're going to come up for prayer, but I want to say something about healing glory. When I uh, had a motorcycle wreck, I gave my testimony about part of that yesterday and uh, tore me up pretty bad. And while they were trying to save my life from the roadside through the ambulance to operations to life flights and all the things I went through, um, and I ended up in the hospital in Helena, Montana before it was over. And when they put me there, everybody began to come in and say, they would just be shocked. Every day they would come in and say, you change every day. You change every day. The healing was so fast and it amazed them. And I didn't tell this part yesterday. So when, when I began to pray and get out from under you know, the effects of drugs where you have more of a clear thought. Um, and I was asking God's questions. And I said, or he was asking me questions, that's the way it really was. He said, you know why you're healing so fast? I said, no. I just answered no to all the questions because I wanted him to answer them. It's always better when God answers his own question, right? Because he already knows the answer. He said, I have you laying in my healing glory. So from that moment on, once he said that, and, you know, they were still giving me medications and they would knock me out. But as I would begin to drift off, I'd be laying there and I still remember this and I would say, God, I just thank you. I'm laying in your healing glory. Heal me while I lay here. And you know what? I still do that. I go to bed at night. I don't do it every night. I don't think about it every night. But many nights I go to bed and I say, God, I thank you that right now I'm going to lay down your healing glory. Whatever needs to be healed in this body, you can heal it while I'm sleeping. You see, that's the kind of glory that God has. It changes everything. It heals you. It takes everything off of you. Amen. Amen. And you know the Bible says that, and we all know these scriptures, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and do what? Be in health. So God wants us to prosper, and he wants us to be in health. And that's a whole complete package. He wants everything that he has for us to be found in our bodies, in our lives, in where we are. And so God told me that he was going to do some restoration miracles today. And you're going to start on Dixie. So, Dixie, you get to get it first. Amen. So, amen. I'm going to use some of this anointing oil over here. And I think it says healing glory on it because I have one of these. All right.
Gerald, you want to hold that. So if you need prayer today for anything, I don't care. You needed another car, come up. God likes to give cars to people. Amen. Amen. God wants to do restoration. Before I pray over her, I'm going to speak over her, and I'm speaking this over anybody, anybody that's here. The Lord brought this to me recently in our own church. And we have a portion of people who are classics. You know, they're that age group. They're classics. And, uh, you know, I rebuild classic and vintage motorcycles. So classic is something that's so many years old that everybody wished they had one, right? So, but God gave me this word, and I, I release it over this church right now that we have to stop walking into older age and thinking we're going to get old, decrepit, lose part of our mind, lose part of our strength. You know, and I hear people talk that way about old age. Well, you know, this this is coming, this is going to happen. Well, you know what you're decreeing over yourself? All the stuff you don't want. Stop saying that. Look at your neighbor and say, stop it. Just stop doing it. I mean, you young guys over there, you young people, you know. I mean, look at these young people back here. They would never talk that way about themselves, so why would we say that about ourselves? I mean, my Lord. So anyway, I begin to keep hearing that from the Lord, and he said, here's what I want to do. I want to give people who are in the classic age group a fresh touch from the top of their head to the sole of her feet, we just decreed part of this when I said God's going to bring us back to our original intent. God did not intend for you to die from sickness, disease, or any other thing. He intended you to live until your days were fulfilled, and he would come and knock on your heart's door and say, Today, I'm going to take you home, and you're going to be so ready. You're going to say yes, and you're going to tell your family, I'm headed out of here. And they won't believe you, but that's okay. You're going anyway. I've already talked to my kids about it. I said, one of these days, God's going to tell me I'm gone. He brought me back for a purpose and a time. Five times I died, and they brought me back. So I'm here for a purpose, right? I'm fulfilling that purpose until, and I'm going to tell you something seriously. If it's tomorrow, I'm good with that. If it's 20 years from now, I'm good for that. I'm asking God, actually, that I can actively preach up into my 90s. Yes, why not? Why not? And by then, you know, I'm just going to slow down a little bit and go vacation on my motorcycle at 90. Why not? Why do we believe we have to lose our abilities? Yeah, 95, 100. You guys know who Bill Hammond is? prophet i love him he asked for years and i used to hear him say this he said i've asked god that i could be actively preaching at 85 he passed that by like it was nothing and he was running by it and when i seen that happen i said god see bill hammond i won't be like that he preaches like a guy shooting a machine gun full blast all the time and he's crazy and i love to hear him but guys let's get into that thinking all right So I'm just going to pray over Gerald and Dixie both. How about that? They're your leaders. 
and we want them to walk in great anointing and power. Amen. So, Father, right now, as we lay hands upon this couple, Lord, we declare and decree that from the top of their head to the sole of their feet, Lord, I speak to that thing that has even implanted into them or even in some way they have received it, and I remove it. And I say there is healing, and their bodies are being brought into alignment exactly the way God wants them to be. No sickness, no disease, nothing out of alignment, no joints, no marl, no ligaments that are messed up, that God, you cause them to have strength. Lord, I say there's new strength, there's new power coming into them, and they're going to walk and run if they so choose to, Father, in this race that you've called them to be. They are the leaders of this place, and they have the anointing, and they've been uh, re uh, receiving what you have for them and releasing it all over and into this city, and that will not stop until the day you say, hey, today's your day. Why don't you come see me? And they're going to be good with that. But until then, I break every curse of sickness and disease and weakness and, and anything off of them. I declare there's a rejuvenation of their minds, of their bodies, of their natural heart, of their joints, of how they move around, that they're going to be good. Yes, when we get older, maybe we slow down some. Maybe we don't do double back flips anymore. But that's okay. Father, we thank you that you're bringing them into the new. I decree that from this moment on, there is a thing that got released over them by the power and the word of God. I speak the word over them that you are healed, that you're brought into your new, you're brought into your new, you're brought into your new, and you will not be the same from this day forward. In fact, you will look at each other in the morning and say, wow, I feel so good today, and I thank God for that, and I release it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now give him praise. Hallelujah. Wow. God is good. Yeah, take a couple laps around. I seen my father one time. We were in a camp meeting, and one of the main camp meeting speakers had a stroke. Um, like two days before the camp started. And they rolled him in and set him up on the platform in a wheelchair. And this, going to work, bless you. And this platform was real high, like this. It had like ramps up on each side. And my dad is sitting down here in the crowd. And he heard the Holy Spirit lay hands on Brother Rouse and he'll leap out of that wheelchair. And of course, my dad was a little crazy and in the Lord properly, and he was loud. So he jumps up, and he's shouting as he runs and praising the Lord, and he runs and he leaps in the air and lands up on top of that platform and runs over there and grabs Brother Roush. And when he touched him, my dad was speaking what God said, but while he was starting to say it, Brother Roush leaped out of that wheelchair and he and my dad leaped off the platform and started running round and round that old tabernacle. And that man, Brother Roush, who the enemy tried to take out before his time, 
lived up to be about 92, I think, years old. Don't tell me God can't intervene and change something whenever he wants to. Amen? So I'm saying you are so much better than when you came in. Amen? You already are. I'm just speaking that over you. You see, God's original intent, and I pray that over people a lot because God's original intent is that we live healthy lives. You show me in the Bible where he wants us sick and dying. Show it to me. Yes, we will come through death. That's how we get to heaven, but not through disease and dying and all of that or disease and sickness. Amen. And I don't even know that, you know, I guess after spending some time in heaven, I have this thought about, uh, and I used to say this, I guess I still do, sudden death is sudden glory. Yeah. Well, so when God says it's your time, we're, we're instantly in glory. So what's the, what's the bad news about that? So until then, we're going to live a good life on this earth, a healthy life, a good life. Amen. Praise God. Love you, Dixie. All right. Anybody else got anything you want prayer for? Anything. We don't care. Oh, are you up here for prayer? That's you said that before, but you know. Yeah. You repeat yourself, but that's okay. Hey, I repeat myself because some people don't listen to what I say. Was you listening? I did. Okay, that's yes. all. I'm just checking. Yes. I'm just checking. Yes. Are you wanting a rejuvenation? Well. What do you want yes. there, buddy? What Tell I me. I really want. I have a wife. Yeah. She's from Indonesia. She's still in Indonesia. Okay. And the to do this the legal way there's a lot of hoops and there are many things where i don't qualify and say i'm not won't get let into that yeah money and so forth the thing is i myself i have missed it because i have been looking of the things that i don't have okay but god has told me twice she is your number one priority Mm-hmm. And uh, let's reinforce that. God okay. Take okay. So, Father, right now, Amen. we pray yes. into this story. Yes. And, God, I drop you into the middle of that story. Yes. And we thank you, Lord. We decree and call this thing into existence. Yes. And those hoops that he talked about jumping through, we just remove the hoops. Amen. So there will be a straight line into the answer to these stories. Yes. And that there will be an ability and a way, I hear God saying, I made a way. Yes. I made a way yes. across the Red yes. Sea. I made a way even through yes. the wilderness. Yes. I made a way across the Jordan. Yes. I caused them to come into great victories in the promised land. Yes. I hear God saying that I am bringing you through this thing, Amen. not through hoops, but I'm leading you through it, and it's going to part in front of you, and you will be able to connect with your wife properly without all the legal garbage tying it down. So we release that and decree it's being done now, even as your heart desires. You see, God knows your heart. He wants you together. And so now he is moving into that story in a new way. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We decree it done. All right. Oh, yes, you can get that one. You might as well take it. You're a classic. Lord, Lord, you remove anyone that's holding those hoops up. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, just knock them down. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there are people, I don't always understand it, that uh, seem to work for the enemy out there. But, you know, that's okay. 
We're the children of God. God's going to make a path for us. Amen. Anybody else? You need prayer? And I just speak that rejuvenation over your whole church. Everybody. I mean, yes. Come on up, brother. Hallelujah. I won't talk about my physical issues because I'm a classic as well. All right. My mother just passed away at 100. Mm -hmm. there, is, there, are family, there is family business involved. Okay. Now we've got... Now she was she was my partner. Now I have two sisters, right? But I have extended family. Mm -hmm. So my prayer is this: that what our parents left us, yeah, that we will be and remain in total agreement, okay, in, in how to utilize what we have been left, okay, for the glory of God, Amen. And that anything that would come against that would be destroyed. All right. And the people who need to be drawn to us to help mm -hmm. bring that about right. will just appear. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I so love that. I just like agreement on okay. that. Okay. And God loves to do that. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. You ready? So we're going to call this in. Father, we declare and decree right now that every person that needs to be in this story will be in it. Amen. And every person that needs to be removed from this story will be removed. Amen. And Father, I decree and declare that wisdom will be given to this man and to his family, and they will know, they will know that they know, and you will know in your knower that this is the thing to do. Thank I believe you're going to hear, you. literally hear the voice of God say, this is the way you go, walk in this way. You, do this thing. Talk to this person. Yes, the Holy Spirit's going to be so on this because you have asked. God says, I'm answering this right now. And so he said, be at peace. Walk into this, and it's all going to be good. Amen. In Jesus' name. He's got it. Amen. The enemy likes to steal stuff from us, but he don't get to steal one dime from that man or his family. Yes, come right up. Rhonda. Mm -hmm. after being away several years and um, I know the Lord moved me here back home for right. a reason right. and I just would like prayer for him to open the doors where I'm supposed to be about his business okay all right well Amen. you ended up here so that's part of his business for you right I was saved at the first barn oh you started here okay oh really in the first barn revival so then God brought you all the way back full yeah. circle all right so let's do this. Father, I thank you. Rhonda, right? Yes. I thank you for Rhonda. I thank you, God, that you have brought her full circle. And, Lord, I love it when I hear the hearts of saints saying, I want what you want. God, I want what you want. So show me what you want. Show me how I am to enter in and what my ministry area is, and what I am to do now at this point in my life. The awesome thing is, I hear God saying, I'm already putting that inside of you. I'm downloading it even now. As you cried out and you said, God, give this to me, God says, I begin to move your way, and I begin to give that to you. And so now he says, I'm giving this to you, and you receive it, it's being put inside of you, and you'll begin to hear the voice of God like never before. And yes, you've come full circle, but you started out with something. Now you're way better than that, way bigger than that, way more anointed. And God says, now I release you into the next stage of your ministry and your life. You have asked, and now you got it. 
Receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. It is yours. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, Rhonda. Amen. Good, good, good. Hallelujah. I tell you, I, I think we don't always get this, but I hear it all the time when I pray for people, is God is so connected to when we ask from our heart that he's like, boom, I'm ready right there. What do you need? Okay. Um, and like I said, I'm getting up there to be a classic. <laughs> oh, you're not that old. Look at Gerald. No. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Gerald. <laughs> I had to pick on you a little bit. Oh, well, well, I still have Yeah, you know, he's he just, he gives me a hard time, yeah, so. Well, a lot of times I feel like yeah. I've been road hard and put up wet, yeah. so to speak, and I just need to pray for that. And okay. I've had some negativity stuff come at me. Okay. Um, over, I ride horses. Yeah. I got a new one, and he's been real challenging, and um, we've had a lot of issues, but we're working through it. I prayed to God about it. Yeah. We still get a lot of people saying bad stuff about us, I know. Right. And I okay. Well, we're going to shut that down. That, and I yes. shut it down, but I just yeah. feel yeah. I need more of that because yeah. I know it's working on me. Right. And making me think I can't do things, but I know I can with sure. the Lord. Um, yeah, well, that's the voice of the enemy. Yeah. And, and Gerald will come over and break that horse. Don't worry about it. Oh. Yeah. We're getting there. But I just <laughs> hey, he could. He probably could still do it. He probably shouldn't do it, but he probably could do it. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is awesome. I just need yeah. positive thoughts, but I want that negativity. All right. So, Father, right now, we just bless her. And, Lord, I declare and decree that we put a wall of fire around her. I set the covering of the blood over her mind. And, Lord, I declare and decree there's a shield that no negativity can come up and out of her. Lord, I speak to her mind, and I tell her mind, you come in line with the Word of God that says we have the mind of Christ. We think the thoughts that Christ wants us to think. And that is not negative thoughts or I can't do this or this is not going to work out. I don't know how this is going to happen. Lord, I flush that out of her system right now in Jesus' name. And as we station this wall of fire around her, I say go out there and clamp shut every mouth that would speak against this lady and what she's trying to do. And Lord, you are able to touch everything you created. So I even speak over that horse, and I say, bring that horse into alignment. Cause that horse and its spirit to fall in love with this lady and to follow her around like a puppy dog. Yes. Father, I thank you for that because these desires that she has to be who she is and to deal with these horses and to have a life that is a blessing, that is your will and your plan. I wish above all things, God said, that you would prosper and be in health. So I speak to your health and I call your body into alignment. I declare and decree right now that anything that's not right, that's not working properly in your body, I adjust that in the name of Jesus. I declare and decree there's healing flowing through your body. Up and down, I see the hand of God running up and down your body. Every cell structure, every joint and every ligament is being touched and healed even now. And I hear God saying, get rid of the thought of that 
little bitty nagging voice of fear in the back corner. Say goodbye to fear. I'm not going to listen to that. God says stop that because it pops up every once in a while and makes you think things are not going to be right, even in your body. I curse that and send it back to hell where it came from. The lying demon, I break your hold. You'll not sit on her shoulder and whisper it to her anymore. She is covered by the blood and set free from every spirit that would lie to her or torment her or touch her in any way. You are free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! He already Baby. follows me around like a puppy, and I know he loves Does he? me, but we just... He was just... Debbie, Psalms 8. Study Psalms 8. Psalms 8. Okay. He's put all things under your feet. Yes. Amen. All things. All things, including that horse. No. Get up on him. Ride him. Yeah. Yeah. No. Good. Good, good, good. He can tell you horse stories. I can tell you motorcycle stories. Amen. You have a wreck that takes your life, and all these people said, are you going to ride again? Well, the doctors actually said you'd never ride again. You might not even walk. If you do walk, you're going to walk with a limp. So they didn't know my God, did they? That's right. I did do this, by the way. So I'm an avid motorcycle rider, right? I'm laying in bed, and I can't move hardly anything. They lift me with a sling to get me out of bed. And uh, I said to the Lord, do you want me to quit riding? If you do, I will. I yielded. You got to stay yielded. You know what I mean? I yielded all that enjoyment and desire that I have in me to him. And uh, I didn't hear him say no. So one day I'm out fooling around at the house. I can't drive a car. And I'm rolling my daughter's motorcycle out of the garage to wipe it and clean it because I wanted to do something. I was bored. And I put my leg over it. And I shattered my pelvic bone so I couldn't swing too good, but I put my leg over it. And I sat on it. And the key was in it. Imagine that. And I had this thought, I'll just push it out of the garage with my legs. Because, you know, I'm testing my legs. I pushed it out, and it ended up headed down the driveway. And so I took off. And that day I rode about 15 miles. I never told my daughters because they would have cracked a whip on me. And till later, you know, when the doctor said, hey, you can drive. And I said, well, can I ride a motorcycle? He said, well, yeah, if you can hold it up. I said, okay, good. And then later I told my daughters, I've already rode. So I got my other bike out after that and rode it too. So anyway, God is good. Get back on it. Do not let the devil and things in life stop you. Because whatever you've been through, the enemy tries to take you out. God will raise you above that. Amen. Listen to this. I want to speak this over you. I said in my testimony, there was a spirit-filled nurse that prayed over me when I was in Billings, Montana in the trauma center. And my kidneys weren't working because they'd been so injured and bruised. And she prayed over me and she spoke and said, God, bring this body back into alignment. And my whole body, my daughter said, my whole body just went up and jerked like that and then set back down. 
but she prophesied, you will be better than before. From then on, I, hundreds of people came to my room. I mean, there's a guy that drove from Telequal to Helen, Montana and prayed over me. But all of them would say this thing, you're going to be better than before, better than before, better than before. I want to tell you something. I feel better now than I did before I had the wreck. Maybe, you know, spending some time in heaven helped that happen. You never know. <laughs> but I'm serious. So I want to say something over you. Because you said under the presence and the power of God, not because I'm here, because God is here. I want to speak over all of you in this church that you're going to be better than before. You came in these doors today. Right now, you are better than you were when you came in the door. Amen. Better than before. Hallelujah. Are we done? You want me to do anything else? I want to do everything I got paid to do. I want to make sure I fulfill my job. And I didn't even know I was getting paid. I told him I'd come for nothing. You are, you're not holding back on anything. I think, I think I might be good. Let me just check a minute. Hallelujah. I wanted you to tell one story. Okay, what do you want me to tell this time? When your wife died. Okay. All right. About the angel. Okay, I can do that. Amen. You believe in angels? Yes. I told him this story this morning at breakfast. So uh, my wife uh, had... Uh, Get ready to be praying about what you're giving the offer. Uh, my wife had... Uh, uh, her kidneys fell on her, and so she went on dialysis for 15 years. And then uh, five years before she passed away... She had to have heart surgery because the effect of dialysis on her heart had a valve removed, and she lived five years after that, even though the doctor said she would only live two. So God extends life, amen? So um, she had some surgery in the hospital on her hip, and they didn't know if she would live through it. She did, but two days after that, she had a massive heart attack and passed. But so while the... And we were all at the hospital. Of course, I'd been staying with her the whole time, and she was in, in hospital rehab. And so all the kids, grandkids were there, and she, was, she had had a heart attack the day before, and they had her on monitors. Things looked good. It looked like everything's going to level out. And so we were all kind of goofing around, as you do with family and grandkids, and, and, you know, going in and out. They don't let everybody go in there, of course. And uh, so I'd walked out. She was sitting in a chair beside the bed. And uh, we walked out, and code blue went off. And I didn't realize it was her room, but my son-in-law, who's a doctor there in the hospital, he knew it because he was with me, and he took off running back up the hallway. And uh, they worked on her for a while but couldn't bring her back. She had a massive heart attack they said she died instantly but anyway so in that story my two daughters and myself were standing outside her room and uh, like a nurse's station right here you know how they have the rooms kind of in a circle around and they were in there working on my wife and my daughters are crying and we're praying you know we're hugging and this lady walks up 
Your little black lady, about yay tall, about Dixie size probably. And uh, she had a uniform on, and I looked at her badge, and it said uh, nurse's chaplain on it. And I thought, wow, I've seen chaplains, but I didn't know nurses had a chaplain. But anyway, this is afterthought. So she comes up, and she steps into our circle, and when she does, the presence of God slams down on us. And she begins to pray. And as she prays over this awesome peace that surrounds us, and you get this feeling like everything is going to be okay. Now, I know my wife is in there, and they're trying to bring her back to life. But I get this presence from God that is so real and so comforting and so peaceful. And so... She prays for us, and I see out of the corner of my eye my son-in-law coming out, so I turn away to look at him, and he says, "We, what do you want us to do? We can't, we can't get her back. And I said, stop. So I turned back, and that woman had disappeared. And my, I said to my daughters, I said, where did she go? They said, well, she just disappeared. And so I thought, well, she walked out, and we were so involved with my wife's story we didn't really see what was happening so later after everything had happened at the hospital and they'd moved my wife from the room um my son-in-law the one that's a doctor he said let's just go over here to a little restaurant and let's all sit down and have a little quiet time and kind of minister to each other the family so we did and I said, man, I said, that that nurse's chaplain you guys have there is awesome. I said, she stepped in there, and the Spirit of God slapped down, and she started praying over us, and I said, it felt like we were in heaven. And he looks at me because he's the chief of staff at the hospital, so he knows everybody. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, you know little black lady, she has a badge on that says the chaplain's nurse, nurse's chaplain. He said, we don't have anything like that in this hospital. We never have. He said, we have chaplains, but they're ministers who come in, you know, and do their thing. And he just looks at me for a minute. And about the time he was going to say it, I said it. It had to be an angel. He said, you're exactly right. God sent an angel in your time of sorrow to, wow to bring the peace of God straight out of heaven. Isn't that awesome? So, guys, I don't care what's happening. I want you to walk in faith, get up every day, and know that God's got you covered coming and going. He's always there for you. Amen. He's going to take care of you. I mean, and one of the things that happened because I went to heaven and spent time there, um, not much of anything bothers me anymore. <laughs> All those little piddly things that mess with your in your life, they just kind of melted away. And so now life is a lot better. I am better than before because God took stuff out of me that needed to be removed while I was in heaven. I believe that. And made me better, better than before. Amen. All right, Daryl. Okay. Ushers, come. Men, dig deep.
Um, when we started out, some of you weren't here, but Angie was talking about she was praying, and all of a sudden she was at Pensacola, Florida, where the revival was, and she, you know, the Lord just gave her that vision. Well, in the 70s, I know I've mentioned this before, but I want to say this in context with that, that the Lord really brought that to me again, what we heard in the 70s, a man that was a Baptist, didn't believe in visions, but he had a vision while he was in Alaska. And the vision was he saw this banner, it said, and the Lord said, I'm going to pour my spirit out over Skytuk, S-K-Y-T-U-K. And he didn't know where that was, but anyway, I'm not going to tell you all the story, but he found out that it was here. And when I think of that, what the Lord has shown me, he said the plane was coming in over that banner and landing here. And I'm telling you, it was landing right out there in front. I know we've had changes here. We've had some of the highway changed, but we're still in the same spot. And I see that plane landing. coming in, and he's going to pour his – he has poured his spirit out, but he's, he's going to pour it out even with the yeah, yeah. intensity of Pensacola or what – a lot of these other revivals, they're going to be everywhere. Yes. But I really want to just tell you that because I think it's getting closer and closer and closer. Sister, can I something? The Holy Spirit reveals something. Yeah, yeah, just a minute. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for the offerings. We thank you. We sow into good soil, into Garland's life and ministry in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Now receive the offerings. This was actually when I went to Indonesia and to meet my wife. We have been dating, you know, over 